Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from Crunch, And this is episode 237 of the Sophie Art Podcast. There's a little podcast to do about the art and things with me co-host little Dennis. Little Dennis is at home today, chilling out. He should have come out here today, because I'm in Saltram which is like a, the local woods and it's got a little um, what's it called, beach thing and also the river and it was supposed to be raining today it was supposed to be peeing down but it's actually turned out to be a beautiful day and I thought even if it's raining I'm coming down here because I've got I, like, I want to do my podcast down I like coming down here so this one here is actually a walk and talk but I'm going to name this one, I'm going to make this one be a walk and listen. So instead of talking, I'm going to listen in today. But I actually found £10 today. <laughs> How cool is that? How's that work? Cleaning. I was actually doing a bit of overtime because the girl around the corner's gone off sick. But I was cleaning, I found £10. Like a little gift from the universe, that was. But I've got three tiny little topics to talk about and then I'm just going to walk around Saltram listening to the sounds really. So if you're listening to this one as a podcast, hopefully you'll hear the nice sounds of nature. I'll let nature do the talking today. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it as a video and you'll see how beautiful it is around here. But what's cool is... You sit in it when you're sitting here. Like, this is like the entrance, or there's, this is one entrance to um, this is one entrance to Saltram. And what it is, there's a sign over there. When we love, we live. How nice is that? When we love, we live. But what I like about sitting here is you've got behind. You've got all the trees. So you've got all the trees with the animals, and then right in front of you is like the water and then across the water you can see all the cars moving around so you get this sort of you're getting like a bit of everything around here now in the distance there's a bridge that you can walk across and I just walked across it and it reminded me of something because a few years ago and it's linked in with one of these topics I'm going to talk about in a minute a few years ago I had a I had like an issue where I had I'd started self-medicating hormones and I'd become sort of a, what's the word I'd, like, I'd become attached to these hormones so I, I had to let go of them and I couldn't for ages I was fighting like this sort of attachment to these medications what I did in the end was I went off onto that bridge and I got all the pills and I threw them all into the river it was like a sort of a symbolic representation of letting go. And what I've noticed is, because I've done this before with other things, if you need to let go of something, which is like a mental thing, and most things are mental, I've noticed what's really good is if you can turn that mental thing into a physical thing and destroy the physical thing, it somehow, it sort of destroys. I don't know if it destroys, but it just sort of... It takes away the power of the the mental 
sort of addiction or attachment or something. So what I've got is I've got a little dice. Now one of my, I suppose I would say, unresolved issues, and one of my, I would say, limiting things at the minute, limiting attributes, is indecision. I'm very indecisive. So if I need to make a decision, very often I will be sort of paralysed between the two decisions. So let's say I was at a crossroads. Do you go left or right? I wouldn't know what to do. Because if you really, really sort of think about everything, both, both ways are the right way. So it's quite hard to make a decision when it's like 50-50 like that. But what I've got is this dice... So a few years ago, I found, I got this dice, and what I said to myself was, if I'm ever in a situation where I can't make a decision, I'm going to throw this dice in the air, catch it, and if it goes on a six, it, that's a yes. If it goes on a one, it's a no. Any other number means, basically, there's no, there's no sort of clear-cut answer or something. So Now, this has been quite powerful because... So many occasions, I've not known what to do. I've thrown this dice and it has gone straight to a six. And what I've noticed is, this is this is quite hard to explain. Even though I don't know, even though I don't know which, let's say I don't know whether to go left or right, I do know where, I do know which way I should go really. So what is is there's something inside that knows what to do. But there's something else. So what I'm thinking is there's like a feeling that knows that you should go right. But the mind will try to make you go left. And so you end up not going right or left. So what I'm thinking is... What it is, is this this dice was somehow linked with the feeling. So if I threw it and it said six, which is yes... I could feel if I, if that was right. But it would also, it's hard to explain it, but it's as if this dice was alive, basically. But what happened was, a few weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who it was now. But the bloke said, basically, if you are, if you are putting your decisions into something external such as, say, rolling a dice, or let's say you've got a bag of um, pieces of paper with, like, yes or no on it, and you put it out and it says yes. What he said was, what he said was, he said, that's you basically not taking ownership of the decision. You're externalising the decision. So in other words, if, I, if the dice rolls a six, which is a yes and I do it, and it doesn't work out, I can blame it on the dice. Whereas, really, you should be taking responsibility for the decisions. So it's almost like the dice becomes a sort of a cop-out. Now, the thing is, I'm actually quite attached to this dice. It's, it's like a little friend to me. <laughs> but I've purposely not used this dice for since I heard that. And... I've been thinking about it a lot and what I've also noticed is there's a little ambulance in the background 
what I've also noticed is sometimes I would roll the dice and it would say yes but I would feel that I didn't want to do it so that even even then I knew even then I would sort of um, sometimes I would I would basically supersede the dice if the dice said six but I didn't want to do it I, I wouldn't do it so even there there's it's basically what I'm thinking is this dice was nothing but training me to feel my feelings in other words it was like a way of me feeling my intuitions but I don't need it anymore so basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw this dice into the water as like a way of sort of saying goodbye (laughs) and what I'm doing now is if I need to make a decision I'm just going to make a decision I'm going to be more decisive but this little dice has been my friend for so long and I thought to myself, I, I, I imagine dice will float in the water. So I thought, how cool would it be if I throw this dice in the water and then say, I don't know, a couple of, month, a couple of months later, the, the dice washes up on the shore somewhere and somebody gets the dice and they basically sort of use it to do what I did. That'd be quite nice, I think. So yeah, watch this. Should I throw the dice in the water? Six yes, one no. See, it didn't say anything. It said four. I like the number four. So here we go. Birds flying overhead. We like birds flying in the sky. So I'm going to... Here we go. Goodbye, little dice. He's gone in the water. Did he float, I wonder? No, I don't know if he did float, actually. I think he's gone into the um, seaweed. That's it, it's gone now. So that's it. The other thing I was going to talk about was... Oh yeah, this is interesting. A couple of days ago I had an out-of-body experience. And it's the first time I've ever gone consciously through the separation. In other words, in the past, I've had... I've, I've basically started... I've had moments where I've been out of body. I've gone out of body... But I haven't. I've just sort of, sort of popped into the out of body state. In other words, I. It's as if I was dreaming, and the next minute I'm out of body. It's as if like um, I suddenly become aware of being out of body in the middle of the experience. What I've been wanting to do for about two years is go to sleep, stay awake during the sleep phase, and go out of body consciously. Now, what's happened is there's been multiple occasions where I've started to feel myself going out of body. And I've basically tried too hard to sort of... I've tried to put myself into the spirit, into the outer body. And what I've noticed is if if you try to go into it, you actually stop it happening. This is... But the other thing I wanted to talk about was... Should we actually even be talking about our experiences? Because I really want to talk about this out-of-body experience. But then at the same time, I'm starting to think, are all these experiences that we're having, are they actually like personal experiences that are just for us? And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, if you have sex with someone, like if if you make love to your girlfriend or something, 
You don't go telling the world about your experience. It could be like the most amazing experience you've ever had. But you don't go around telling everyone because it's a personal experience. And I've started wondering whether these like out-of-body experiences and, you know, all these sort of, um, what do you call it, metaphysical experiences, I suppose, what if they are actually like... It's like it's like us making love to to God or the universe. It's like that is like some sort of s- sacred experience, and we shouldn't really be going around telling everyone about it. And it also made me think about the monks, because there's a monk called Ajahn Brah. Hey, I think I can see the dice down there. I think I can see the red bit of the dice. Yay! Is that the dice? Yay! I can see the dice. <laughs> How cool is that? A little dice he's hiding in the seaweed. Oh yeah, it's on a six. See, now that is a synchronicity right there. Six means he wants to go. So he did roll a dice. He did roll a six. <laughs> I love that. See, now that, things like that, I, I love the stuff like that. Because it's just, it's little things like that which people might think are insignificant it's actually special but but Ajahn Brah this monk he basically what he told me was well he didn't tell me he told everyone on a video what he said was he said when you become a monk you're sort of like sworn to secrecy or something so in other words if you have these like amazing experiences communicating with spirits and God and stuff you basically you're not allowed to tell anyone and I was think I never really thought about it until I had this experience of going out of body and I wanted to just talk about it and I thought should I really even be talking about it and I started thinking well why don't the monks talk about it and that's when I thought is it because these experiences are sort of um, they're special just for you so that's what I've been thinking but I just I want to say something about this because I had a what's happened is during this out of body experience I basically had two awarenesses at once there was an awareness in my bed of me lying in bed my body and there was awareness of my of me being the spirit as well so I was both I had two awarenesses at the same time and what I noticed was because the spirit went out my room it went outside and as it got further away from my body, the location of my body, what actually happened was, it's as if there's like, the only way I can describe it is, it's as if there's like a magnet, it's as if the physical body is like a magnet or something, and the spirit body is also a magnet. And what happens is, the physical, it's almost like consciousness is the magneticness. So if you put your consciousness, if you try to put your consciousness onto the spirit body, it's just that's the only way I can describe it, what will happen is your consciousness will actually bring your spirit back into your physical body, like a magnet. So what you have to do is actually, what you actually have to do is, you have to sort of observe the spirit, the spirit body, you have to observe yourself going out of body without actually like attaching to it or something 
you're not even allowed to sort of think about I, don't, I can't explain it it's very weird but all I'm, all I've, got, I've got this impression that there's like a bubble around the physical body which basically will bring the spirit body back into the physical body that's the only way I can describe it and at a certain point you can move your awareness into the spirit body without without bringing the spirit back to the physical body that's the only way I can describe it but this this um this like our body experience went on f- for quite a while and it ended with this little caterpillar which went inside of me there's a little cartoon caterpillar that went inside of me and it pulled out all of my guts <laughs> and the only reason I wanted to talk about that is because it just makes me realise how beautiful the dream realm is the dream can bring hor- horrific images to you but it does it in a, a very sort of gentle, playful way because you, you had this little fun little um, caterpillar character you look, you look like a lot of fun doing a very gruesome thing of pulling your guts out. Uh, so it, whereas if that had been a, just a normal caterpillar, it would have been quite horrific, I imagine. But the dream has a way of being able to sort of reveal like quite um, uncomfortable truths to you in a way that's in a way that it knows it's going to look after you, sort of thing. There's a bird over here with its wings out. It looks like a dinosaur. Or like a dragon. That's amazing. It's like he's got his wings out sunbathing. And he's got his mate next to him. That is out of a nice shape. I've never seen a bird hold its wings out like that for so long. I wonder what he's doing. He must be drying his wings, I imagine. Or stretching. That's cool, that is. I love that. That's it, though. So, basically, the main things today is... I feel like if you want to let go of something, you've actually got to sort of... You've got to do an actual action... An actual action. Because <laughs> sometimes it's, it's, I would almost say, impossible to let go of something mentally. I think there has to be, at least for me, there has to be like a physical destruction or something. Because the other one I did was Sam Schaefer with his course, I Overcome, Anxiet- I Overcome Anxiety.com which is all about social anxiety, overcoming social anxiety. One of the first things he has you do is you have, he wants you to write out a bunch of like your limiting beliefs, I suppose, about yourself. You write them all on a piece of paper and then basically you set fire to it <laughs> and you watch it burn. And there's something about watching all of your limiting beliefs burning away on a piece of paper it's actually very like liberating and it, it does something I don't know why but it does something it's brilliant in the other thing should we be talking about experiences 
See, I'm not sure. Like, sometimes I think, at least for me, sometimes I want to talk about these experiences almost like you sort of, um, I don't know what the word, it's almost like you sort of, it's not this, but it's like you're showing off. But it's not that you're showing off. I don't know what the word is really. So, yeah, that's it. I don't know why. I I don't know. I don't. I think the monks are onto something by not talking about their experiences. And what this reminds me of is Robert Wagner, lucid dreaming expert. If you listen to Robert Wagner's interviews, he does. He'll he'll talk about he'll talk about the same experiences from about twenty years ago or something. Might be more than that. But in other words, he's a lucid dreaming expert and he very rarely talks about his new experiences. And I'm wondering whether he's he's gone so deep into the dream realm he's basically got the same truths that these monks have got. Which is that, for some reason, you don't need to be talking about experiences. So that's what I'm thinking. That's it. So, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to do now is I'm going to walk around Saltram, the local woods. This is going to be a walk and listen. <laughs> I hope you stick around. And I hope you enjoyed that as well. I'll just say one little thing. There's a tr- there's a tree over there with a um a rope swing on it. I ain't been on a rope swing for ages.
I can see you.
Walking over to my tree friend. I ain't seen my tree friend for not sure. Probably a couple of months maybe. It's amazing um trees, you can feel the trees, you know. Somebody said they, um, the trees were talking to him, actually talking to him. I've not had the words, I just feel the words. My little tree friend, he chilling out. Well, I'd love to be a tree sitting around watching the world go by. Somebody's put some um, tin foil in here. He doesn't like that. What are those things called? Those is it? I don't know what they're called. These um, I want to say they're pine. I'm not sure what they are, but these little things here, which I like. Well, I don't even know how to describe it. Basically, they remind me of um, being at school. Because my school had a tree outside, which used to drop these... Um, they look like triangles, I suppose. They're like triangles. I don't know what they're called. But basically, the path used to be covered in these at school and I used to have this little toy digger and what I'd do is I'd go out during lunch break I'd drive my little digger around <laughs> and what I'd do is I'd like sort of um, move all the um, whatever they're called these leaf things around and I'd make like a little um, what do you call it sort of like a little playground thing for my digger just enjoy that. This digger was cool. It was like 
you could actually, um, it was a real, it was a little toy digger, but you could actually move. Oh, here we go. What are they, what are they called? Um, pine cones, isn't it? Yeah, it's the things from pine cones. Like the, the sort of the leaves, I suppose. Pine cone leaves. You don't very often see baby, little baby pine cones. But this digger was brilliant because you can actually operate it and pick up dirt from the... So you felt like you were actually... Well, as a kid it was brilliant. I, I used to love that. I think that was my favourite toy at school. But I had a habit of destroying all my cars. <laughs> For some reason I used to keep smashing all my cars up. I'd like pull the, pull the doors off. Pull the wheels off. Yeah, why is that? That's weird that is. It seems to be kids are fascinated by by destroying things and creating things. That's what I'm saying. There is a beauty in destruction. What do you do? You get a car, or like Lego for instance, you build something, you destroy it, and then you build something else. It's like, that's all you're doing really. Building things and destroying things. There's a tree over there without any leaves on it. It sort of, it looks actually quite, quite beautiful really. There's a tree over there, like, they're like three amigos. There's like three of them all together. <laughs> they remind me like the three amigos. It looks like one tree really. But when you look at it closely, it's actually four. But it's those three trees that look like one.
Yay, I love those. They're those um, helicopter things. You know those helicopter things? My mum says it's grandad. My mum says these are grandad. Whenever we see these, like, you know those helicopter things that fall out the trees? <laughs> that one didn't do it. My mum says it's grandad. I love red leaves. There's something about red leaves. I love it. That's what I'm saying. Nature makes the best colours. Like you, you've got like a beautiful sort of peachy type red, and then over here you've got like a you've got like a sort of a brownie red or purpley red. I, I, it feels like there's about a thousand colours in front of me here. Yeah? All these leaves, all different shades of green. You got yellow, green, browns, oranges, reds. There's a spider on one of these. So I always wonder whether that spider knows I'm here. If that spider knows I'm here, does it does it know I'm a human? <laughs> oh. It must know I'm here, because it must be able to see... I don't know what a spider sees, really. It feels like it's frozen there, uh, sort of waiting to see what I do. That's what it feels like to me. There's a plane up in the sky. Plane flying around. Wonder where they're going. Imagine if that plane suddenly blew up. It'd be like lost. Going into the clouds. Vanished. I'd love to, I know this is going to sound weird, I would love to experience a plane crash, like just to sort of see what it feels like, because it must be, it must be sort of exciting in a strange way, it'd be scary but exciting, I mean if you survived it as well.
It's weird, look at all the leaves. It looks like a, a river of leaves around here. All the leaves have gathered up. It looks like a river of leaves. It's a shame though, isn't it? Like you're sort of watching everything dying around you. But a bit like that thing with the kids destroying and creating everything. That's what nature's doing as well. Hey, hello little Robin. How you doing? How you doing? My little spirit animal. Come to say hello. You're going to be on the podcast. What's this week's inspirational quote, little Robin? <laughs> Love you. That's weird. Load of leaves for that. Look. It must be. Hey, there he is. Look, there's a little squirrel up there. A little squirrel bouncing around. Yeah, he's like um Indiana. What's it called? Tarzan. I'd love to be a squirrel. Imagine being a squirrel, jumping around the roofs, jumping around all the treetops. Animals are so lucky, aren't they? Yes, life's harder for them because they've got to find food and stuff, but they're free. I'd rather be free and have a struggle than have an easy life but be a prisoner. Me and my mum sat up here, there's a little bench up here. Whenever me, me and my mum come down here, we all sit on that bench. Because it's quite... It's a nice location. Hey, there's a little digger here. I'd love to drive... It's a tractor. I think it's a bloke. Is there a bloke in there? Yeah, there's a, big, there's a bloke in there as well. <laughs> He's on camera now. How cool is that? I would love to have a tractor. I've always thought how cool it would be to have a tractor. Because you can sort of go anywhere in a tractor. Going into my little secret hideaway. There's a little path down here. And at the end there's a bench. And it's like you're in a sort of um, secret location. Oh, it looks like a battle scene around here. A war zone. With all the leaves and twigs in it. Lots of yellow leaves. Like proper bright yellow leaves. Whoa. How come their yellow ones are down here?
would have thought yellow leaves are like baby leaves. I thought they went yellow, green, and then red and brown. So I'd have thought the yellow ones would have stayed there. Reminds me a bit of a um, story by, I think it was Ajahn Brah. I can't remember it properly, but he was talking about how, like when people say, oh, why did my, why did my son die at the age of four or something? What he said was, he said, well, if you ever go out into the, into the woods or something and look at the ground and you see all the leaves on there, most of them are the dark brown ones, which are like the old people. But every now and again you'll see a green one. So that's like a young, that's a little young leaf that didn't even grow up. And he said, you know, why does, why does, why does the young leaves fall off the tree? It's the same reason, just cause. <laughs> just cause. But what I think it is, is, I think if somebody dies young, it's because they actually didn't have any issues to resolve. That's what I'm thinking. Almost like it's not it's not that as well. They might their purpose in life might have actually been to die to basically help the parents deal with something. See, you don't really know. It's a big interconnected web. That's what it is. It's cool. There's a little raindrop there. I'm going to touch it. I wonder what that... Pop. Hey, he's gone on my fingernail. That's cool. Hey, he's gone now. Little, he's gone on an adventure down my finger. A little leaf, a little bit of water. Look, I wonder if I could get that down to my elbow. No, go on, down you go. See, this little, there's a little drop of water that was on a leaf. He's gone onto my fingernail, he's gone down my finger, and now he's going on a little journey down my, my hand. Actually, I'm going to drink him. Gone. <laughs> Gone in my belly. That's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed that. It was a walk and listen around Saltram. All that's left is this week's little inspirational quote. I'm going to let the robin. Let the robin have this one. <laughs>